So I'm Sarah Griffiths. I'm a seven-figure entrepreneur and a high-impact coach. So I'm Sarah Griffiths. I'm a seven-figure entrepreneur and a high-impact coach. Wonderful. So in today's episode, this is our this is our first episode of the High Impact Coaches podcast, and I am very excited for today's guest. She is uh, she calls herself the unlikely seven figure entrepreneur. She started from nothing, and now uh, through her businesses and rapid transformational therapy, she is now running multiple multi million dollar businesses and has helped. Tons of people all around the world, and most importantly, she does what she loves, and she truly represents what it means to be a high-impact coach. So, Sarah, I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm just so glad to be here because I just love to talk about what I do and the results I get for people. Um, take us back a little bit to when you were first growing up. Um, you know, before you were a before you became a successful entrepreneur and a coach and running all these businesses, uh, what was the Sarah like growing up? And um, you know, talk to us a little bit about what your upbringing was like and what it was like growing up. Mm, well, that's, that's quite a story because everything that I was obviously got me to where I am today. And like most people who've actually achieved something, I have hardship and trauma in my background. And that wasn't really anything to do with my parents. I wasn't abused or anything by my parents, but I grew up poor. Mm. And because I grew up poor, and I realized from about the age of eight that I was in a different demographic to most of the children around me, I got bullied for that at school. Mm. and it had a very very serious negative impact on me um, in that although I was very pretty and I was very clever I I kind of I developed a story about myself where I had no self-confidence and I didn't fit in anywhere and that followed me really all through my life um, until I was 45 and at the age of 45 I was in such despair and so much emotional trauma over how this experience had made me feel um, that I nearly committed suicide wow so it's quite significant the impact that that had on me mm. and it all ties into why I do the very significant work that I do today mm. wow wow yeah and and I hear that and a lot of coaches where they have an upbringing growing up, they had some traumatic experiences. And then after finally overcoming that, they decided that they, it became their mission at that point to decide to help others and uh, overcome those same struggles and those same traumatic experiences growing up. And, uh, and so for you, Sarah, what was that moment where you, how did you first get introduced into realizing the story about yourself? I'm sure that, Growing up, it was part of your identity that you believed things about yourself. And how did you originally get 
introduced to the whole idea that that this is all just a story and that it's possible for you to turn things around and create your new life yeah that that really wasn't until i was 45 and i i nearly killed myself and mm. when i'm speaking i i tell the story of how i had planned this and i was driving at high speed into a tree because for some reason it's quite funny now forgive me laughing i mean i've come a long way since then i'm allowed to laugh now mm -hmm. um and i i decided that i was going that's how i was going to kill myself and as I was actually doing it, I just had this, this image of my boys. I had 14-year-old twins at the time. And I had this image of them never recovering. And right at the last minute, I swerved. And I didn't hit that tree. Mm. And I remember I sat there just in shock and disbelief. And just out of somewhere... A, a voice said, you're not that person. You've never been that person. Just get a grip and sort this out. Mm. And, that's, and that's exactly that. When I say things changed in that moment, what changed in that moment was me realizing that this was just a story. Yes, it hurt, and yes, it was very deep, but it was just a story, and I could recover. I just had to take the right steps. Mm -hmm. I had no idea at that time what I was going to do or how. I hadn't even heard of coaching or of learned behaviors and thought patterns and all the things that I work with all the time now. But I just knew. I knew that I was going to drastically change and I knew that I could and that I had to. Mm. So it's very, very significant. Mm. Wow. wow. And it, it is very much at the root of what I do today and yeah. why I have so much empathy and um, I can just relate in such, such a way to so many people. Because you d your hurts don't have to be as deep as mine were to damage you very badly. Because when you're a child, you invent a story around them that becomes your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and why is that, Sarah, that, that so many people growing up have the story about themselves that isn't true, that they made up as a, as a child and, um, and they want to get out of that and, and they just don't know how and oh. they don't know why, you know, and so... Why does that happen That's, to so many people? That is a really, really good question. And the answer, if you think about it, is so simple. And I come across this all the time. And it's because when we're children, we, we tend to look back on this as adults and say, why on earth do I think this? Why would I do that? Why would I construct this story? But you see, as children, all of our thought patterns and behaviors are pretty much formed by the time we're 10 years old. And they're stored in our subconscious. And our subconscious runs the show, even when we're adults. Mm -hmm. And what happens as children, we're, it doesn't matter even if we're in good situations, we're very, very vulnerable. And we're powerless, and we're small, and we're not very strong. And we can't take control, and we can't make choices. 
So we can't do all the things we can do as adults. And what happens, we, it, you know, um, this, is, this is science, this is neuroplasticity, where the pathways, the thought patterns in our brain are formed by repetition. So imagine by 10 years old, how many times you have thought you were powerless. Mm. How many times have you felt vulnerable? How many times have you felt that you have no choice, you have mm. no control? And that is the thought pattern that we move forward with. It's become ingrained. It's our brain's superhighway. Mm. And it's the pattern that the subconscious runs on. And I see this time and time and time again in the work that I do. And logically, we should look at it when we're older and just say, that's ridiculous. But you can't override emotion with logic. That's the thing. Yeah. And there are other stories as well. You know, children who are abused, they have terrible complexes about not being good enough, not being wanted, um, being rejected. Rejection is a huge, huge problem in our culture at the moment. Um, You know, all these things. And I especially find that children um, of alcoholics, they're, they're so scared. They're so vulnerable. They, they see where they couldn't protect their mother, where they couldn't protect a sibling. And, and they, feel, they feel that they weren't good enough. They, they feel responsible and they feel guilty and they carry these traumas forward. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Sorry, yeah. long answer to your question, but that's the answer, yes. Yeah, no, and, and that makes total sense, Sarah. It does. And, um, and so yeah. you, eventually, you being... So you were five years old and eventually some traumatic experience happened to you. Something, something bad happened, right? which apparently happens to everyone. And, um, and so for you, what, what was it that turned out to be that experience that created that story and, and propelled you forward and, into those 45 years before you finally made that change? Do you mean the story that happened to me when I was at school? Yes. Yeah, okay, so that was all the bullying around not being poor. There were a couple of things. I mean, I have lots and lots of instances, but there was one in particular where I'd, I was at a new school. So I'd moved from primary school to junior school. It was slightly different in the UK, but I was about eight years old. And there was a girl there. She, I was aware she had lots of very nice things. Um, and I wanted to be friends with her. Of course, there we go. There's connection again. You want to be seen and to connect with the right people. And I invited her to my house for tea. And at that time, we lived in what was known as now would be social housing. So it was a a council house. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited because I thought she would be coming to tea because we would have cake. And that just tells you something about how, how things were then. You know, we didn't have cake very often. And I never forget, she came into school and she told me that her mum had said she couldn't come to my house because then I would have to go to her house and I wasn't the sort of child that they wanted at their house. Mm. Wow. And, and so in that moment, Sarah, and, uh-huh. yeah. 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 So when, whenever I talk about that, I can still feel it. 
Mm. You know, I got over it now and I know it for what it was. But at the time, that was just, I was unbelievable. I had no idea what to do. Yeah. And the thing is, parenting and relationships with children were different then. And when I went at home and told my mum, my mum kind of just said, oh, well, just find yourself some new friends. Well, how do you do that? This is what I'm saying about being powerless and being vulnerable. You're in school sitting on a table with these people. Where do you go to find new friends? You know? Mm-hmm. And my mum didn't mean it, but I, I, I've kind of felt dismissed. I didn't get the support I needed. And around that time as well, something awful happened to compound it all. And my parents um, had brought us up to go to church. And around that time, my family were asked to leave the church. I think it was something to do with my parents playing the wrong kind of music, something silly like that. So there I was, not only was I not good enough at school, but suddenly I'm not good enough for church either. It was Mm. pretty horrific. It really was how all these things came together Mm. and just ran that story. Yeah. And of course it was ongoing. It didn't just happen once. There was lots of bullying around being poor and it, yeah, Mm. It, it, it just perpetuated from there. But you can see my internal trauma, every little thing that someone said I took as a personal slight, um, I took it personally. And it just really all fed into this feeling of being rejected and not being good enough, Mm. which erodes your self-confidence and your self-belief and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, So. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and I think there's a lot of people that resonate and relate with that story, Sarah. I think, um, you know, a lot of people. There believed, are. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and so how did that belief, you know, you're eight years old and um, you had, you were, you were bullied by this girl and uh, her parents told you you weren't good enough. And eventually you weren't good. You uh, had an experience where you felt you weren't good enough for church. And how did that belief end up eventually yeah. manifesting itself into your adulthood and you know how do those patterns repeat themselves into your 20s and 30s so what it did i actually i was very very lucky that i was clever because it meant that i could leave school and i got a good job so i was living in london and i had a really good sales job i was earning more than most people of my age at the time. Um, But I had absolutely no self-confidence. So on the outside, it all looked great. But inside, I was, I constantly felt like a failure. I felt like a fraud. I questioned everything I did, everything I said, everything I wore, all my choices. I was just always certain that I wasn't good enough. And I sabotaged a very, very good relationship because of it, definitely. Mm. Yes, I didn't know that at the time, but I definitely know it now that that's what I did because I didn't think I could be good enough for what, for what was being given to me. I didn't feel that I fitted in. So I, 
I sabotaged that for sure. Mm. And and really it just it went on from there. Just this complete lack of belief in myself um, that's just stopped me being who I should have been. Mm. You know, it's just yeah, it just just perpetuates. It was just it was my story, it mm. was who I was, it was it was my daily reality. And I didn't even really know that I was running it. You know, I just thought, oh, well, I just don't have any self-confidence. And I never really questioned that and never really worked out why. No. Mm. Yeah. But it was, it was devastating for sure. I can really, really relate to people who have even much less than that in their past that has affected them. And there are many people that have a lot more, you know, so yeah yeah but we're individuals and things affect us differently Mm -hmm. you know my perception and your perception and how we absorb things and how we hear things are completely different Mm. yeah yeah totally sarah and 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 those experiences of growing up and not feeling a a lack of self-confidence and you know having success in your sales Uh, job that you had at the time did you ever think that at some point that you would be doing everything that you're doing today running these successful businesses and helping people now no no not at all oh my goodness it's I mean it's been quite a long journey because it's taken me eight years to get where I am but it was an amazing journey I mean, from where I was in the absolute depths of despair, just hating everything about myself, to starting my first business and then looking at developing myself as a leader. Because I realized when I first started my business, that was very, very difficult for me because I thought that everyone I employed was better than me. I don't forget, I did it as the person I was. I wasn't just suddenly an amazing, confident, outgoing person who could suddenly do all of this. I still had my story. I was still that person. And it caused me all sorts of problems that I just felt that everyone was better than me. But I knew I had to get over that. So I started to look at business leadership and leading with emotional intelligence and and all of these things come together. And I started to realize bits of information about belief patterns and learned behaviors and core beliefs. And just I started to piece together where all where all this had started for me, why it had started. And then I started to put the, the, the tools in place using NLP and CBT um, to, to really just to talk to myself mm. and to really just get out of my own way and to realize that I was responsible. And, and I really took that on board, actually, that the first time I came across responsibility, mm. it really hit me hard that there was only me that was responsible for this story. I had received it in the way that I did. I had perpetuated it in the way that I did. It wasn't anyone else's fault, it was mine. So I had better do something about it. And that was very, very significant for me. 
a lot of people struggled to take responsibility on board, but that really meant something to me. And I was determined that I was going to fix this because I couldn't blame anyone else mm. as a real turning point. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow. And, and so when was it, Sarah, that you were first an, originally introduced to NLP and hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy? And how did that, how did that, how did things start to turn around for you when, you know, you're, you're 45, yeah. almost about to kill yourself yeah. and realizing that moment, what was, what, what was the turnaround point? Where did things start to finally Look, change? It, was, it, it was, okay. So there was a series. So when I was about to kill myself and I changed my mind at the last minute, something changed immediately because I didn't even go home from there. I just went straight to the local shopping center to inquire about premises to rent because I just suddenly decided that I was going to open a restaurant. Mm. So that was a very, very big step because I, I, I didn't want to just go home and wallow in my old story and my old pattern. I wanted to make sure I did something. Mm. So I did that and I, I really struggled with that for the first couple of years. Um, and then I started doing the business development and the leadership roles. So really, I mean, it's been, it's probably been the last three years maybe that I've really looked at personal development um, and NLP and CBT and then in the last year the, the hypnotherapy the rapid transformation therapy method that I use and that came about because I was looking for a faster way you know it had taken me such a long time and it was so hard and so painful and because by then people had started asking me for coaching and I wanted a faster way. I, I realized that people were in incredible pain and I wanted to help them faster. So that's how all that came about. Mm. Wow, so, so it was through you running, that, you running your restaurant and realizing that you're struggling with uh, leadership development and business development and, 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 yeah. and you eventually became introduced to that and you realized that people started coming to you asking you for coaching and um, and that, that, that eventually become your primary focus of, you know, turning away from that restaurant and focusing hundred oh, percent on. Yes, it did. And, and there was actually a turning point with that as well, because it was, I think it was about three years ago and I got nominated and I was a finalist, um, for the franchise council of WA because one of my restaurants was. A, a franchise the other one isn't it's an independent um, and I got nominated by the franchise councillors of WA for their uh, businesswoman of the year award and it was really because oh and then so the nomination didn't really affect me I kind of took that in my stride but once I was a finalist and I, I didn't actually win but it put me in the top three and I know that that was a very hard, they said it was almost impossible to choose. And it was really in that moment, because obviously I got an award for being a finalist. And I just thought, you know, I am somebody. I have gifts and I have talent. And 
look where I've come from and look what I've done. And I need to help other people do this because I have something to share. So that was very, very significant getting that award, but it took getting that top mm. award or, or being nominated for that to make me stop and say, you really need to let this story go now mm. and focus on who you really are, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 And so, so that was a great moment. Mm. Wow. And, and, and how, how tough was it? I mean, how long did it take? Cause there's a lot of people that, you know, will go through an NLP program or, or sometimes even a hypnotherapy program and they'll have new distinctions and new perspectives going through life, but they'll still kind of go back to that baseline and still have those thought habits and patterns that came from the childhood. And so, yeah. Uh, how long did it take for for you once you were originally introduced and originally started delving into that and uh, transforming the way that you thought about yourself and life um and how long did that take until eventually became in the back of your mind and no longer present in your life anymore i honestly think that that was until november last year that was a good three years of working on things, really, really working through things. And what happened in November last year, I was on my rapid transformation therapy course, learning, doing the final part of my learning, getting my qualification around that therapy. And I had 12 days, not only with the trainer, but with the other therapists. And the whole thing was about dealing with your, your final hurts and hurdles and burdens and just really getting, getting everything out of the way. And those, say it was two weeks, very, very significant for me in clearing those final blocks. I came away a completely different person. Hmm. I thought of myself in a different way and really all of that negativity, any of that that would have previously come up, it's not there anymore. Mm. Not at all. Wow. I, I don't, it's, it's just not a part of who I am. That was very, very significant doing, mm. doing that. It was an amazing experience because the other thing that happened was uh, while, when I went away, I'd been having very serious headaches for most of that year. Like I wouldn't go anywhere without headache tablets. I was taking them all the time. Otherwise I had a headache and I also had very sharp pain in my neck and my shoulder. And I had a very bad car accident a long time ago now. And I just thought as I'm getting older, this injury is reoccurring and causing me all this pain. But I know, I know that it was my body reminding me that I had this final emotional pain to clear because when I did the RTT, all of that disappeared, all of it. I, I don't have it. I, I realized when I was on that course that I'd stopped taking my headache tablets and I haven't had one since. It was all emotional mm. and I cleared it. Mm. Wow, oh, that's, that's incredible, Sarah. And, uh, and so mm -hmm. you focus, you focus on a very different method of overcoming traumatic experiences. Um, there's a lot of NLP practitioners and uh, hypnotherapists 
and, uh, and you, Sarah, uh, focus on rapid transformational therapy. And, uh, and for those who yeah. you know, may not know what that is, uh, how would you describe rapid transformational therapy and why is it different? How is it different and why is it more effective than hypnotherapy and NLP? Okay, so the, um, so rapid transformation therapy is hypnotherapy, but it's it's like hypnotherapy on steroids. Mm. So it's hypnotherapy that works in a very specific way to communicate with the subconscious and to uncover the very specific root that we are looking for. So we can tell the mind in hypnosis, go back and show us the root cause of this issue, whatever the issue is. And the mind will show us um, in different ways. Mostly it's seen, sometimes it's feelings, experiences, the root cause in a way that makes sense to the client. And when the client can see the root cause and how it relates to how they are today, because we experience things differently in hypnosis, we're dealing with the emotion, not the logic. So it's very easy to see things differently. And then my job is to totally disrupt that negative and limiting thought pattern and replace it with a new one. And it's like instantly placing a super highway in place. We just roll over the old belief system and place new beliefs in place. Mm. Literally, that's how it works. So it's combining hypnotherapy with traditional tools of NLP and CBT. Mm. Um, but it, it works very, very fast. It works there and then. I've, I've had alcoholics who've been drinking for 20 years stop drinking in one session. Wow. I know. It's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. yeah. Life transformed in just 90 minutes. It, it, that's, that's the whole thing. That's why I love this because we can do amazing work with it. There's almost mm. nothing it doesn't work for all the traumas, depression, anxiety, OCD, addiction, mm -hmm. weight problems. So many weight problems are emotion related because people have a story from their past. Even people have stories about you must eat all the food that's on your plate. I, I, was, I was doing a weight loss thing recently with a woman who couldn't understand why she couldn't stop eating even when she was full. And when we went back, she used to get beaten if she didn't eat everything that was on her plate. Mm. So her story is that she must eat everything that's on her plate. And mm. people, I see this time and time again, people not necessarily with that one, but with stories in the background that are giving them a food story, a money story, a self-confidence story. No, it's, it's all there. It's all in the past. And we, we go in and we smash it, smash it out of the way. Mm. Literally, that's what we do. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, so would you say, Sarah, that everyone's life today, every, the, the, the reality of everyone's life, all the outcomes they're producing and their thoughts and their actions, that's, that's 
for the most part, a, a reflection of that story that people are carrying with them. It is, unless they've done some work to recognize it and to fix it. And mm. some, and a lot of people have done some work, but then they get stuck. And mm -hmm. they'll, they'll say, I just don't understand why I can't move forward. I see this with female entrepreneurs all the time, where they, they say, I've done all the training. I've got everything ready. I'm ready to launch. Why can't I put myself out there? Why am I so stuck? And people think, oh, you need a coach, you need this. But they have a terrible fear inside, a terrible fear around something. So we go back and we find out what it is. And invariably, it's to do with um, being made to feel small or being told to be quiet or being told there'll never be anything or no one wants to hear from them. You know, all these stories and the subconscious, unfortunately, keeps running on this very, very outdated information. So we upgrade it. It's mm. like installing new software in a computer. Mm. I love that. Installing new software to a computer. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one too, because everyone can relate to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what would you say, Sarah, is the key to transformation? Right. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's impressive how you're able to take someone, an alcoholic, someone with traumatic experiences and completely transform their, um, their entire life within just one 90 or even 120 minute session. Um, you know, just, just yeah, from practicing. Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, so what, what is, what would you say it is, is the key to, to transformation for someone who wants to, for someone who's been running a story their whole life, maybe they grew up uh, yep. you know, in an environment where they were told they weren't good enough for whatever reason, and they've been running that their whole life. They've been acting in accordance with that, and it's been stopping them and sucking the life out of them. And uh, what, what yeah. is the key for someone to, to transform themselves, create a whole new life? I, for, right, so for, for me, there's two things. Firstly, there's the responsibility. You have to take responsibility. It is so easy to sit and blame someone else, but you can't blame someone else because you are responsible for your thoughts and you're responsible for your actions. Think how easy it would have been for me to sit and wallow and just do nothing and just blame other people because of what they said to me. The only reason I got out of it and moved forward is because I said, no, I am responsible. So that's a big thing. And of course, the other thing for me is to understand none of this is your fault, but that you have an underlying story that has you stuck and you really have to, you must uncover that story. You mm. must, you, you must uncover the root and deal with it so that you can move forward. Because the other thing about this is if people don't uncover the roots and they have these, these hurts, what happens is because it stops them living their life they want, achieving their goals, it really causes them to live in a way that is at odds with, with who they are. And what happens later on, it comes out as a physical symptom, like me with my headache, my shoulder pain. 
but other people have IBS, Crohn's disease, fibromyalgia, all those kind of autoimmune diseases that are unexplained have physical roots, have uh, emotional roots. So it's really, really important to just accept that there's something going on that you don't understand and get the help you need, you know, and, and do it fast. You know, don't, don't mess around. Don't take years. This, this story of yours isn't going anywhere. You need, you need to, need to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's... Wow. And, uh, and so for, for someone who everybody has different areas of their life that they're either, that they have different results in, right? There's people have different results in health and relationships, finances, happiness, and so on. Um, would you say that everybody has a different story for each, for each category of their life, or is there typically just one story that's kind of ties it all in together? Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously we would look at the sections and say we have a different story because in ways we grow and we become different people, but what holds you back always, I mean, I can look at all the different stages that I have been through, all the different things I did, all the different personas I adopted, but the root cause, the root cause of why I didn't have any self-confidence and couldn't be myself is that one root cause. If you imagine it's like the trunk of a tree, mm. so, or, or the root. So the, the trunk, the one trunk is the root and then all these different branches come from it, but that root affects all of them and what they can and can't do. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So it's typically just one one story then that, that sort of connects it all, that, so, that root, uh, that tree trunk. One, one root cause mm. that, 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 le that leads you to where mm. you are and stops you doing or, or, or makes you take certain action or think certain things, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And, and what, if you look back at all the people that you've helped, Sarah, um, what would you say has mm. been the, one of the most transfer, one of the biggest transformations that you've seen where someone was just completely lost and, completely stuck in their life and they were able to, to turn it all around, um, you know, by using this form of therapy. Uh, what, what would, what's an experience that, that you've had where, where a client came in and, and, and they really were able to make that transformation? Yeah. So I haven't actually had anyone that I've worked with that hasn't made that transformation. Some of them make it more slowly, but they all have profound shifts. Sometimes it might take two sessions. You know, I like, I like to say one. Occasionally it's two. Um, and normally the client will admit that that's self-sabotage. They couldn't believe the first one got them to where they got to. So they, <laughs> they sabotaged it. So there's that. Um, definitely the alcoholic, because I've done that three times now three times for alcoholics, I've stopped them in one session. Um, and a gambler who had been gambling for 12 years and didn't think he could stop and he stopped in one session. 
that was amazing. He'd been gambling about a hundred, hundred thousand, sorry, about thousand dollars a week for 12 years. And he stopped in one session. Hmm. Um, but then there are the, you know, I just, I, lo I love them all. There was one woman who was absolutely crippled with fibromyalgia and her doctor had told her he couldn't do anything. And I told her that that was rubbish and that it was emotional and that we would deal with it. And within two weeks of our session, because I'd found out where all her stress was coming from and we dealt with it, her mm. fibromyalgia went. And since then she's lost loads of weight and left an abusive relationship and all sorts of things. So that has been, that's amazing. I, I love that one. Um, but then equally, I love that I, cause sometimes people's issues are not what they think. You know, I had, I had a female entrepreneur recently who came to me because she was stuck in her business. But when we started looking into it, her root cause was she had felt rejected from a baby. Hmm. So she didn't see how anyone could want her service because how could anyone love her? It was very, very significant. And we, I did an amazing mind shift with her. That I think the thing for me was the pain she was in. So it started off being about her business, but it was actually, it ended up that she was in this enormous pain that I didn't even know about that we just cleared. And then she told me afterwards, oh, and by the way, I drink a lot too. So we dealt with that as well, so, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are lots of really, really great stories. I do love the ones of the addiction. I do love addiction stories where people are just able to stop. Yeah. And mm -hmm. even if it took a few sessions where people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars, they've been in rehab, they've done everything for 20 years to try and kick this. And it takes a few sessions. I haven't had any that have taken a few yet, but I wouldn't, matter to me if it did it's just yeah I, I think to free people from addiction is huge mm. yeah yeah they have to be the biggest ones for me mm. wow wow and so sarah if i could give you a magic phone and you could call the eight-year-old sarah what would you say to her I know it sounds so simple now, I just say, don't listen to them. You're better than they are. D don't you understand that they're bullying you because they're somehow jealous of you? Mm. Because that's where bullying comes from. And yeah, that's, that's all, that's what I would tell myself, just you're so much better than them. Hmm. Just go out and be that person. And that's what I do. Obviously, that's <laughs> what I try and do. Yeah. Yeah. Just go yeah. out and be who I always was. Yeah. Mm. Love it. And help other people do the same thing. And that's the best thing about it. Mm. I love it. And so many of the people that are listening to this, uh, Maybe they have stories of themselves that they may need to overcome, but a lot of them may also have children as well um, that are developing yeah. in those younger ages. And 
how should how should people parent their children to prevent to give them the kind of support that they need to that, that how can parents start giving their children the kind of support that they need growing up in order to prevent these stories from manifesting themselves into their adulthood and um, and uh, yeah that is an absolutely wonderful question oh i'm so glad you asked that and it all comes down to it's awareness awareness that your children are learning from you they are learning from everything you do and everything you say so every action and reaction that you make they learn is the way to behave but also the way that you speak to them tells them who they are so yes you need to be in charge but your children need to know that they matter they need to know that they're important and that you care about them and that their input is important too you know when you're shouting at your kids when you're ignoring them when you're telling them to go away to you you're just frustrated and you're tired and everything else to your kids you don't want them they're in the way they're not important you don't care and if you can be aware of how what you do and say might be perceived by your children that's going to go such a long way and you know the biggest thing as well is as a family to concentrate on being enough to letting each other know that you're enough just tell your kids that they're enough because being enough is a or not people not feeling that they're enough is a huge epidemic in our society today and if you can focus on making sure your kids know that they're enough it's going to go such a long way mm. yeah love it i love it and so how important would you say sarah that those experiences were growing up to you being where you are now oh i mean i i don't even wish i hadn't had them anymore i did for a long time but i i value those experiences now i had it's been it's taken me on such an incredible journey and i have such a deep learning and understanding of human behavior and the mind and how we think and all of those factors now i'm so grateful i'm so grateful for what i have today because of what i went through then and and i think if you can if you can take yourself to that place where you can stop blaming and just use use your experiences to create something really positive for the rest of your life then that can only be a good thing mm. yeah yeah absolutely sarah and um and so for anyone listening uh, what's the best way for someone to reach you or get in contact with you to 
learn about how they can possibly oh. transform their yeah sure their lives. so on, on my website it's really straightforward my business is sallyg.com so that's the word sally with the letter g.com find me on my website there you can find out all about me what i do you can email me through the website but my email is really easy as well that's sarah at sallyg.com that will come straight through to me you can book into my calendar for a consult to find out more about an rtt session you can also just book in for an rtt session but i like to talk to people first i like to make sure i wouldn't go into a session with someone without talking to them anyway right. so yeah i'm not i'm not hard to find <laughs> yes absolutely and um and so on facebook as well you would find you would find me under that name and that's my business profile sally g and it would link you to my personal profile anyway so yeah perfect that would that would be great great if anyone wants wants to know more and uh mm -hmm. yeah that'd be great yeah definitely so uh thank you so much sarah for um for sharing your story and sharing about rtt i think that there's thank a you. lot of people that will get a lot of value from this and definitely relate with your so. story mm -hmm. yeah so yeah well what i do is definitely high impact so <laughs> yes. fits with what you're doing yes absolutely absolutely so if any of you would like to connect with sarah uh you can visit her website at sallyg.com yep. and connect with her for a consultation and uh, you can also get her book the unlikely seven figure entrepreneur uh, where's the best place okay. for someone to find your book Oh, that's on Amazon or on my website. It's on the sh on my shop on my website. Perfect. As well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So with that being said, that, that uh, ends it off for our episode of High Impact Coaches. And I will see you on the next episode.